Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who I hope has more of a voice than me today, Derek Halpin. I have my voice all prepped for the bonus zone, man. We're ready to go. Uh, we're ready to do this. I attended WrestleMania over the weekend. That's why I have less of a voice today. Uh, I figured that would add to the fun. I literally just got done driving back from New Orleans to Nashville. I'm ready to talk about this thing, man. Let's hit our goddamn music. <laughs> not have a voice today but we have so much to fucking talk about where do you want to begin man oh i'm i mean wrestlemania this was a very uh as far as just if i'm going to talk about the stadium because every stadium i feel like there's been some issues getting in this was maybe the smoothest time just walk straight into wrestlemania this time and this was the first time that uh going to a wrestlemania in the last four years that they had stuff to do outside. They actually set up a whole block party for it. Right. Well, uh, I can tell you, I, I was actually wondering that, and I was going to ask about that, because I know when I was watching the kickoff show, it didn't look like it was very long before there was actually a significant number of people in the in the building. So it must have been a lot easier to get in this year then. Yeah, they had a lot of entrances. Uh, everything moved really efficiently. I, did, I didn't even have to wait in a line. I walked straight into the building, like, you know, walked right to security got checked in super easy. Uh, I mean, the last couple of years we've had to wait in a line that wraps, you know, several city blocks to, you know, just get through a gate, not yeah. even to get to security. And uh, I will have to say they must've gotten things smoothed down from WrestleMania 30. I wasn't at that one, but I talked to a lot of people who said they, you know, they got it figured out. They said there were a lot of problems at 30, none at this one. Nice. Well, good on you being able to get in a lot easier and, I guess, uh, man, um, this is this was this was <laughs> this was an interesting show to get to talk about because, um, as we talked about, you know, last week going into it, this was a really really good card, and uh, this was um, this had a, a lot of potential here, and some of it delivered and some of it didn't, and uh, let's get into that. Um, do you want to, I mean, do you want to start with the first match or you just want to go after the, the big issues in the room or the positives you know what? or where do you want to go? Okay. Just for anyone new listening to this right now, we're typically a pretty positive podcast. We try and find the positive in everything. Uh, but it, you know, if something does warrant criticism, I feel like we should give it some criticism. And I don't think there's a single person who watched this that wouldn't have something to to pick at a little bit cuz this this show had some issues some major issues actually yeah uh, but they were not early on in the show no the major fact, issues it feels like were not yeah it feels like the first half of the show went went better than expected i think for a lot of people and i think um everyone was really into it and that was the case here uh, me watching it here in chicago is uh we were really into it here and um I would Somewhere. say even more than the first half. I would say the first three quarters of that show were pretty solid. Everybody was into it. It was really just that last quarter 
that really uh, something happened. I think there were some seeds planted early in that show, and we'll get into that, that kind of led to the crowd ultimately doing what they did, which was kind of turning on the main event. And you got to be in attendance for that shit show, so I definitely have some insights into what was happening in the building. Because uh, for the main event, after I got home, first thing I did, pop on the network, I have to see this, what you guys saw. Like I had to see how that was presented. And let me tell you, completely different than what we saw in the building. Really? Oh yeah. It just let's but let let's get to that. Let's uh let's talk. How about yeah. how about let's do this. Let's talk about the positives on the show. Let's start off on a positive note, and then because I think the main event, the theme we're going with in this episode is going to end up being what they got wrong, so we can build towards that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and there so, are a lot of right things to talk about. They did a. There were. I mean, this was a show of high highs and low lows. But the high highs are the reason I don't have a voice today. Right. Uh, I'm going to um, go ahead and just say it. Ronda Rousey crushed WrestleMania. Yeah. We watched um, an intergender match at WrestleMania this year. That is huge. Yeah. We, and we, you and I have talked about that a couple different times over the last couple months as to whether or not they would actually have the balls to you know step up and do something like that. And they did. I don't think they went full bore the way we've seen necessarily on the indie scene with Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae, but they took a huge step and I think a bigger step than we expected them to as far as letting uh, Ronda and Triple H you know, get, really kind of go at it. And um, the crowd responded to it. I mean, that match was hot from beginning to end. And um, I, don't know I, have, how it, I, I don't know how it picked up on TV, but that was the only match of the night that... So everybody was sitting for Kurt Angle, Triple H. They had a really, you know, slow build. Like, they really made you wait for it. Like, everybody was just, you know, they were watering at the mouth to get Ronda Rousey in that ring. And the second she tagged, everybody was on their feet for the remainder of that match. That's the only match the entire night everybody was standing. Right. No, I mean, it came across, I mean, like I said, and not just the reception from the live crowd. I, I felt, I, I mean, I know watching it here in the comfort of my own home, it was exciting, and it, the case could be made that was the most exciting part of the night, um, uh, bar none. And it's funny because so many people were saying, "God, I hope that doesn't headline WrestleMania." And in retrospect, if that closed the show, that was your WrestleMania moment. That it's was, possible. Yeah, that's very possible. I again, but one of the things that's coming going to come up later when we're talking about everything, I think the length of the show ended up playing a factor in how the crowd reacted to things. Oh, there was um, more some than fatigue. I would have expected. There was some fatigue. So it, it's, it almost makes you wonder, did it even matter what they had on last? Because was the crowd going to be able to hang in that long and have the kind of enthusiasm? I know that by this point in the show, it felt like after everything they'd seen, this was a little bit of a peak. And um, I, it'll be interesting to see going forward because the stuff that they, they let her do in this match, it was built around kind of two things. Number one, it was built around you getting to see Ronda Rousey and Triple H actually exchange blows um, or moves at, at the very least. And they built it around when is Ronda going to get the arm bar locked in on Stephanie? That was what everyone, that, that the whole match was predicated around. When she gets that finally locked in, this match is over. And they built towards it. And it was a really brilliant build. And they did it the right way. You know, spots where you get Angle and Triple H knocked out of the ring and wondering what's going to happen. And then a moment where she's taken them both on. Yeah. And um, I mean, there was a moment where I'm like, 
Because at first I was like, okay, we're going to see her break Stephanie's arm. But it got to a point where I'm just screaming like, oh, my God, she could break Triple H's arm. Yeah. And when he picked her up to give her a powerbomb, I was losing my shit. (laughs) Love intergender matches. And I don't think it gets any bigger than Triple H fighting Ronda Rousey. This is what, like, I mean, what we're talking about WrestleMania. It'll be interesting to see going forward. Because she threw a lot of she threw a lot of fists and she brought in a lot of the MMA stuff and it'll be interesting to see if that blends well when she starts having matches with actual like like women how that'll carry over. Um, but for t- for t- just focusing on you know what happened last night at WrestleMania, um, it went over really well with the crowd. They were super into it. Like I said, probably the peak of the show, um, and I think some people had tempered their expectations on it and ended up you know. We got more out of it than I think anyone could have expected. It was it was pretty exciting stuff. Well, and I think what everybody walked away with that with is like everybody that was around me. I mean, everybody was losing their mind. There wasn't a person in that place that was against Ronda Rousey in that moment. Uh, she was the biggest star in that whole show. Uh, and it was when you see like somebody who's kind of a celebrity coming in, you get worried. No problems from her. And I think everybody realized oh my God, we're going to get to see her every week now. We're going to get to see at every pay-per-view. We're going to, or, you know, hopefully every pay-per-view, we're going to be seeing Ronda Rousey fight somebody and how exciting that is. And now you're plugging in, who are we going to get with her next? And I think that brings in why the outcome of the Charlotte match ended the way it did. Do you think that they're going to end up doing Charlotte, Ronda Rousey? I think it's going to be Charlotte Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. Maybe further down the road than that, but I think that's why you let Charlotte win that match. Let her stay super strong because people want to see Charlotte Ronda Rousey. And I think they were willing to sacrifice Asuka's streak for that match to happen. Yeah, and I've even heard rumors that they could do that at next year's WrestleMania. That's a Mania Um, match. That's a main event of WrestleMania match. Correct. Because as far as Um, I'm concerned, like, you know how, I mean, I've been saying for weeks, to me, the main event of this show is Charlotte Asuka. And I think as far as wrestling goes, Charlotte and Asuka had the best wrestling match of that entire night. Yeah. And I think Um, Ronda Rousey had the most exciting match of the entire night. Yeah. To me, Um, this WrestleMania, the women owned this WrestleMania. And I think this will be looked, hopefully, other than when the main events I hope this is looked at as a historic night for women where the women took the show and whatever the fuck else happened <laughs> happened at the end. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Charlotte Oscar now. Um, great match. I think I, I was, I mean, the, the theme of the night really was surprises and not just like twists or turns, but just surprise finishes, finishes guys going over that you didn't really see them picking to go over. And um, so the Oscar streaks over. And it's um, not that like, see, when I think of these two women, I the whole time I was just like, this is going to be a match where one of them passes out. They're both too badass to, you know, to tap or to get pinned. Like, this is going to be a submission match where somebody just goes unconscious. And right. that wasn't the case. We watched, you know, one of the baddest women the WWE's seen in a long time tap out to the figure four in the middle of that ring. Yeah. Uh, the figure eight, I apologize. The f- 
<laughs> um, also, yeah. just know next time we record, I'm going to have more of a voice. And also, I got a lot of weird tales from this weekend. So if you're looking for some indie tales, and uh, like if you want to hear about Dan Severn cutting his fingernails wearing a fanny pack, I got those kind of stories for you on Thursday, man. <laughs> uh, I, I saw some weird shit this weekend, and I'm ready to talk about it. Like right now, we're doing some analysis. Uh, you know, it was a fun show, but tune in on Thursday to hear some weird fucking stories. I promise you that. Okay, back into it. <laughs> more, more to come. Yeah. Um, I, this is good. This is gonna. This is a like a crucial period for Oscar now because streaks can really tie down a character, and you don't want a character to be based around them not losing because in wrestling that just doesn't work. It's it's there has to be a dynamic there of give and take, and um. The match was great, and it'll be interesting to see going forward how they handle Asuka and if she bounces back and what they do with her. Um, I'm excited to see if she if they keep her on Raw, or the, since she lost to Charlotte, if she you know if they keep her on Raw or if they actually follow through and keep her on SmackDown. Um, I think at this point we do know that the three baddest ladies in this are going to be Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, Asuka. Like, Asuka can have a belt from anyone. She didn't get it this time, but a rematch is going to be amazing. Like, this is a, this is a, you know, I want to see a series of these matches out of these two. Uh, We got, like, what we wanted out of Styles Nakamura is what we got out of Charlotte Asuka. We got that dream match that I think we were hoping for. I think it was pretty good. Um... I I don't know. There's nothing else I could have expected out of it, and I think, like I said, it was surprising because I had picked Asuka to win. Um, I did too. I, I mean, I figured we were going to keep that going for a while. Yeah, and there or do what you said and, or Carmella cashing in immediately. Or this is kind of what I was thinking: like these two women are going to be dead by the end of this match. They're going to kill each other for yeah. you know a length of time. By the end of this, like they're both just dead, but Asuka gets the win. And then we hear, you know, F A B A L O U S. And then did I, I hope I spelled fabulous right and didn't sound like a dumb shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long weekend, man. I'm running on like no sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then they decide not to go with the Carmella cash in, which again, like I said, show us surprises. That was surprising to me that they didn't go that route. Um, We'll see when they when they decide to go with that. Especially Baron Corbin failed to cash in his money in the bank contract, so this adds a lot more emphasis to whenever she does it. And uh no, like mm-hmm. I said about like I said about Rousey, the Rousey match. It it worked last night. What we need to we need to reset again, because let's be honest, the way that they did things in that match in particular is not gonna work with the rest of the women. Oh, you can't have Carmella fight Triple H. Like Ronda Rousey's a special. No, no, no. I, I mean, I mean, as far as I mean, as far as Rousey with the rest of the women. Oh, you mean like she can't have that good of a match? You mean probably like I'm assuming they had the choreography down, and you know they wanted her first match to be perfect, and it was. Yes, and I think some, but I also think like. Like uh, how much how much of her match last night Rousey's match we're back on that again was was predicated around like I said her throwing fists like she like she wailed on Triple H in the corner the crowd loved that she hey, was her, her punches going, looked great right but here's the thing this isn't UFC so when they put her in there with a Becky Lynch 
or with a, I don't know, any this Sasha Banks. That can't be what the match is. So well, what? What? So she's gonna have to still learn how to wrestle, and they're like, it's like you're not going to get the Triple H Rousey thing that you got last night every night. I'm not saying she can't do it, but again, the response to last night is so overwhelmingly positive. I'm just trying to backtrack a little bit and say, yeah, there's still a learning curve here, though. Oh, I completely. And, you know, you're not going to immediately get that Charlotte match with her because Charlotte's on a completely different level, and we just watched sure. somebody have their first match who is still learning. So yeah. this is definitely going to be a maybe she fights a couple jobbers. Maybe she starts with, uh, I want to say, the Ascension. I mean, fuck, she could beat up the Ascension. But, uh, <laughs> it, uh, but I meant, um, fuck, whatever pages. that There's too many of these factions, man. Absolution. Absolution. Yeah, you maybe she fights Absolution for a minute and uh works her way through them. Gets like a, a you know, a few weeks of matches with them where we gradually start to see her add moves into her arsenal and you know just you know just works it out a little more. Yeah, to me that that's what it's going to that's what it's going to come down to is if they really want to do Charlotte and Rousey um at SummerSlam or WrestleMania or whatever down the line, it's we just have to sit back and wait to her to, for her to add to her arsenal. Um, Charlotte Oscar delivered right. Like you said, the, the women were kind of the ones that followed through on, on their deal last night. Yeah, um, we were given a lot of promises and the women were the ones that didn't lie to us. Right. And, and that another thing to bring up though, the Rollins Balor mismatch was a great match too. It was um, a, yes, that was a match of three guys that the crowd absolutely loved. Uh, anyone could have walked away with that belt and the crowd would have been satisfied. And sure. Th- that's a rare match. Yeah. I mean, you, you, and, and, and it's three guys that can work. And the match delivered and it was a great way to kick off Mania. If you want to uh, scuttle over the pre show really quick, uh, Naomi ends up winning the uh, women's battle royal after a, a tense exchange between Sasha Banks and, and uh, Bailey. Uh, Bailey thought she had won and then Naomi reemerged. Um, so Cedric get, Alexander is yeah, cruiserweight champion. You know, we get that Sasha Bailey story, like it, because in that moment, everybody thought, "Oh my God, we're still gonna kind of get that Bailey Sasha match that we were all hoping for at WrestleMania." Yeah. Immediately got it taken away, and I don't think anybody can be mad at Naomi for walking away with that. And good honor for two big WrestleMania moments two years in a row. Correct, and she's made, she's one of the most athletic women on the roster, so it's not like she doesn't deserve it. No, good honor. I think. You know, Bailey betrayed her friend, and then it didn't end up paying off. So all she did was betray her friend, and it moves that story down the line and gives an awesome wrestler a trophy that, you know, good on her. I like Naomi. I think no one has a problem with Naomi winning that. That's fine. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, like you said, it allows the the, the Bailey sasha Banks thing to continue. They didn't have to cash in on it this WrestleMania, they, and they didn't, and now they have something to work with between those two in the next couple months. Um. And we're so, going to get yeah. a big match out of them. Like, that is, I don't know where that match is going to happen. I hope it's a big pay-per-view, and I hope we get a big, you know, just a, the match they deserve. Those women put on the most incredible matches in NXT, you know, with the Iron Woman match. Like, just give them, that is, they need to be a main event. Um, what did you think of the Cruiserweight match? Cruiserweight match was fine. Uh <laughs> That was that was a match that by the end of the show, because I haven't rewatched the entire show yet. Uh, it was good. You literally just got back. Yeah, I j- literally <laughs> just got back. Like so, when this goes up tonight, we haven't seen Raw yet. We don't know what's going on. I just drove eight hours, 
got here, plugged in my shit, and I'm recording. That's um, about all you can say. It was fine. It, it did everything it needed to do, and Cedric Alexander won. And there's the whole respect thing between him and Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. And, uh, yeah, had a men's battle royal, too, on that pre-show. I think a lot of us with that. I mean, the way it ended, I like that it was two previous winners and Matt Hardy. So we had Baron Corbin, Mojo, Mojo Raleigh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. Good final three. Whole crowd won. Of anyone in that match, the only ones that you know people were hoping for were Matt Hardy and Gold Dust. Gold Dust was a name I kept hearing around us. So uh, I was fine. I was happy Matt Hardy. Great surprise that Bray Wyatt showed up. I think we were all expecting Bray Wyatt to look different or something. Yeah. You know what would have been fun? I think if Vanguard One was just flying around. <laughs> flying there around was a the drone flying around the arena, it looked like. Oh, God. That was the camera that was going. I wish, but that Vanguard One, like if that was in touching distance, people could have posed with pictures for that thing, man. Yeah. Uh, Speaking yeah, of posing was- with pictures. So we're in the arena, you know, an hour, hour and a half before the show starts. We see people going fucking crazy on the floor. Uh, everybody needs to know John Cena made his promise. He was sitting in the crowd exactly like he said he would. And he was getting mobbed. He was signing autographs, taking pictures, looked like he was having a great time. And he did that for, you know, what appeared to be a couple hours before the show started. Right. So, I mean, that's a, no. that's a fun surprise for anybody that's down there that one of the biggest wrestlers in the history of the business is just casual Friday and it down on the floor. <laughs> I thought this was a cool angle that they were doing as the night went on. I, I liked that it, it was different. Um, that's something I, we hadn't seen before. We haven't seen a big guy hoping to get a match at Mania. While the show's going on. Yeah. And then him gradually moving. <laughs> like, I don't know if he ended up moving to other spots in the crowd. I couldn't always see. I was sitting in the lower bowl. So where I was, I had a good view of the ring. And you kind of had to go out of your way to look at the big screens. So the majority right. of the time we were looking straight on. So I couldn't see a lot of the, if they showed anyone in the crowd famous or anything like that, I didn't really get to see that stuff. So I guess... um yeah, and then I, I guess this is now where we can kind of start to turn things where the show starts going a little off track, which is, do you feel like it was the right decision to have in the United States Championship match the guy that, for most people, they didn't want to win out of the four, pin the guy that everyone kind of unanimously wanted to win most? And again... Is it the most important title? Is it the most important aspect of the show? No. However, Rusev has probably been the most over character in the company over the last few months. Rusev Day chants are popping up at non-wrestling events. and Oh, that Rusev Day chants were a problem at every event. Every event all weekend. So it's interesting to me. I know that not every match in at WrestleMania can be a feel good moment. It's not, I mean, it's just that you just can't have that. This one just felt like a, this one felt like a fuck you a little bit. Like it, it came across as a very big, like fuck what you want. This is what we're doing. Um, well, it just, that was one that really caught me off guard unless they have big plans for him to win it, you know, in India at the greatest rumble ever made or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest Royal rumble ever. And, um, uh, I don't know. Like, I will say, going in, I, I predicted that the two biggest pops of the night 
we're going to go to Daniel Bryan with Rusev as a close second. And yeah. I don't think that ended up being true. I was expect because of everybody chanting Rusev Day all before the show, I was expecting that plate, the roof to come off that place with Rusev Day chants. And I just didn't really get it. Like, yeah. the, like he got a big pop, but it was not as big as I was expecting, especially for how excited people were. Well, that doesn't speak anything to, to them deciding not to go with him with that belt because it didn't really fucking matter. No, because to and... me, the, the pop was going to come when he won that belt. The Rusev Day chance would have been crazy. And then, yeah, right. It's for a belt that traditionally is the lesser of all the titles. I think I th- I think fans can handle like one or two of those a show. And what we end up getting into is that that this was just the first seed planted that ended up like cashing in towards the end of the show is just a big fuck you to everything. Um, because by the time they got around to doing Cena Undertaker, the crowd popped for the Undertaker's return. Um, it felt, I mean, you need to report to me here on this podcast, kind of what, how the perception was. I was so surprised they brought back his, his, his jacket and his gloves and his hat in the middle of the ring and then lightning strikes it. I don't know what that looked like to the live crowd. Um, yeah, it, but, it just uh, like basically you just heard the lightning. We didn't see anything. Maybe that was on the screens, but uh, for us it was just you know lights went down. That came in. The lightning thing struck. The clothes were gone. Cena looked spooked. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes. It it was it was interesting because I think a lot of us. I mean, I guess I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but like there was an expectation if he does come back, it'll probably be American Badass Biker Taker. And the fact that they, they went out of their way to address, oh, he left all that stuff in the middle of WrestleMania, the ring at WrestleMania last year, and here it is again. Oh, and he's back as Deadman Undertaker. You get the, ent- you get the entrance, you get the, the, the experience again. And then it ends up not being an epic match between John Cena and The Undertaker for, for whatever. It just becomes an opportunity to have Cena like, lay down for him one last time. And I will tell you, like... I. I'm hearing more people now saying they didn't love that, but I didn't, I talked to a lot of people in that stadium on the way back. Like I was, you know, just pulling from people like, what was your thing? Like, what were you here for? What did you enjoy the most? What didn't you like? And I said, I talked to a lot of people, not one person had a negative thing to say about the undertaker match. Like people, people said, I'm surprised that it went so short, but I think what they ended up doing with it is, you know, every mania you get some kind of moment where like a a rock or a stone cold, somebody big shows up and just has a little spot and undertaker isn't going to come out and do a 45 minute monologue like the rock would. His thing is he had a 45 minute walk down the ramp in a two minute match, but, uh, uh, okay. I'm, we're friends, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, listeners, we're friends, right? I'm sure. gonna be I'm gonna be a little honest with you. So, I don't like to eat or drink anything before these shows. Uh, I've got a lot of stomach problems. Don't want to deal with that. Biggest thing is like I don't want to have to pee during this card. It's too big. Too no pee breaks. Uh, I also I don't want to have to shit my pants during WrestleMania to miss something, or to you know to try to not miss something. Oh, man, I was getting the stomach gurgles during the Undertaker entrance, man. And 
I ate a couple hot dogs before that. Already a mistake. Goddamn, why'd I do that? <laughs> so Undertaker comes out. John Cena sees him. It's, it's got to happen, man. I had to run to the bathroom after the dead man came out. I sprint to the bathroom. No one's in there. As I'm using the bathroom, I hear the dead man's music. So I'm like, good, he's still walking. He's still walking. I, I'm gone for what seemed like a fair amount of time. But I made it back to my seat for the start of him fighting John Cena. Yeah. And thank you, Undertaker, for that casual stroll. Because without it, I would have missed a moment I really wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, my personal feelings on that, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, to me, it, 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 it felt like a favor between veterans, like, as a final thank you and a goodbye. Like, you don't have to go out as the guy with the bad hip losing to Roman Reigns. You can, you can kick my ass one time in a couple minutes, and we can get out of here. But it, it almost felt like, to me, like, they jumped the shark with the character. Like... I had kind of emotionally accepted him being gone last year and it felt like they brought him back for like, ironically enough, one last ride. And I, when I saw that they, cause like he said, neither of their careers were at stake in this. So I, I would have based on how much they built like, like this, this fight or how they built it. The fact that it was so short. Why was, why was John Cena spooked at a guy he'd been calling out and taunting for a month now? Um, well, it pissed the dead man off enough that he came back from the dead to be like, okay, you want me to kick your ass so you can be sad boy Cena one more time on Mondays? Like, well, <laughs> goddamn, I lost one more time. Here we go. Uh, I don't know, guys. <laughs> what are we go oh, crowd popped for Elias. We didn't even mention Elias at the beginning of yeah. that, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was what it was. It didn't. It was a feel-good moment, but at the same time, man, it felt like it took forever. That whole segment felt like it, it drug on forever. Well, and, I guess, um, to me, I didn't look at it as a match as much as it was a legend segment. And I think because The Undertaker maybe retired last year, we don't know, that makes it even more confusing. But I'm pretty sure with the length that we got, it's pretty safe to say we got a legend segment rather than a match. And, sure. for, for, and that's why I'm still like, so much else was going on in the show. I'm like, you know what? Undertaker was nice enough to come back for another match for us. Well, but it begs the question, are they going to do something else with him next year? They're going to keep doing it. Or is that going to be his last moment? See, I want it to go until Mark Calloway comes out. Like I told you, I want him to come out sunburnt a Tommy Bahama shirt. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Um, so where do we go after Undertaker Cena? Um, uh, well, uh, Daniel Bryan about the uh, the tag match with the Bludgeon Brothers, Usos, and New Day. It that was, was it, that was it also was what a it was. surprise. You were surprised at how that played out. I was surprised that it wasn't a bigger match, like that we didn't really get like a big Usos New Day match. We got kind of a pretty quick little match that ended in the Bludgeon Brothers walking out. And love Luke Harper. Happy that he has a title now. Um, I don't know. I don't. It was what it was. It was kind of, you know, like the cruiserweight match. It was fine. Yeah, that's exactly. But that's, I guess in my mind, that's what I thought exactly what it was going to be. Because I thought that it was, in theory, one of the weakest matches on the card. And that's not saying anything against the Usos or the New Day or the Bludgeon Brothers. I just, the the star power in that match had a lot to live. Like, there was there was a lot going on. And I knew they were going to place that match in a position as like a, as a, 
as an opportunity to bring the crowd back down, and the Bludgeons walk away with the tag titles. It was fine. Like like Cedric Alexander winning the cruiserweight title, it was fine. Um, but nothing to rave about. And um, let's see, where else did we go from here? There's so many matches that without it in front of me, it's hard to. Um, well, we can talk. Um, we don't necessarily have to go in order. Um, how did you feel about Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss? It's fine. <laughs> I guess like the theme of this is a match was either really bad. I guess, but yeah, I guess it would have been that anyway. It's like, was it bad, good, or fine? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was another, it was fine one. Love Nia Jax, happy. Like, it was good. You were like, happy I'm, for her. They had a good story going. I feel like, though, they had so many other big stories that that one was easy to overlook. Sure. Um, good for how Nia, did you... though. If Nia had lost that, I would have been like, there's nothing left for her to do in this company. Correct. She's done. She yeah. had to win. She had to win. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, Daniel Bryan's back, <laughs> and he wrestled, and the crowd uh, was hot for that. I'm it getting felt a lot like more that... complaints on this Daniel Bryan match. That's what's so funny to me. It was it, th- This was around the time you texted me, and I wanted to bring this up. You texted me that the, the, the place ran out of beer. Was that bullshit or what? That was, that was for real. I wasn't joking. Uh, my okay. buddy Jared that went with me went to grab a beer during that match, and he came back and he goes, they're fucking out of beer. Whole stadium's out of beer. And I guess they got more because you couldn't go to a stand and buy it. All the beer was gone. But some guys, you know, that would walk, like if you're in a baseball game, sell you a 925 beer. And, oh, the guy walking by goes, beer man here, 925, don't be surprised. <laughs> so here's what's interesting. As I was watching this match, I'm not, I'm not here to praise the match. I, it was amazing to me how unforgiving that your crowd there was at the idea of the hot tag and the comeback for Daniel Bryan. And yet they fucking loved it for Rousey and they loved it. At, like at so many other matches, the hot comeback. And it just felt like this was the point in the show where people started to wonder about what they were going to get the rest of the night. And as soon as Daniel Bryan got, I think, I think people were not excited about the idea of Shane McMahon having to carry the beginning of that match. Is, is how it came across to me. Like, they wanted to see Daniel Bryan at the beginning. Like, they, there was no more patience about wanting to see the, the things that they wanted to see. And when he got into the match, the crowd was hot again. The yes chants were there. Everyone was fucking into it. Um, they go on to win. Sammy and Kevin remain fired. And you get another feel-good moment on the night. But at the... I don't know. Like, what's what's your perception... Like, I don't know, to me, this is, I, I guess this was one of the moments, like, like right there in the middle of the show where it felt like the crowd started to turn and I couldn't figure out why there wasn't really a good rhyme or reason to why all of a sudden they weren't in this for like the storytelling anymore. They just wanted to see what they wanted to see. Yeah. And I'm getting that from some people that I talked to that, you know, are watching it at home as well. Cause I mean, even if you're at home, that's a long show. Yeah. Uh, that's a long time to sit on the couch and watch it. Uh, there though, I think everybody was into it. Everybody was, you know, yes. And they were ready to go. I was surprised that they brought Daniel Bryan in second. I thought he was going to be the last guy to come down really like let the crowd go nuts, but that really did bring, you know, everyone was alive. Everybody was so excited. I think we knew Shane was going to start that thing and it makes complete sense to me to make us wait for Daniel Bryan, you know, build that anticipation and get it going. And yep. The Daniel Bryan part was great. 
it's just, you know, it was a build. You had to wait to get to that point. The, the build leading up to it was okay. When he was finally in there, though, you know, you're losing your mind. Like, everybody's smiling. Everybody was happy. Everybody was so ready to just see him in the ring again, no matter how good that match would have been. Daniel Bryan was back. Like, everybody was just smiles on everyone's faces around for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, and he wins. And feel-good moment. And it'll be interesting to see if Camp Kevin and Sammy wind up on Raw tonight or what they're going to do with that. But or if uh, El he's Generico back. shows back up on SmackDown. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll get that out of the way. Now, I, I think at this point, you know, let's just talk about AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura and talk about what we thought it was going to be and what it ultimately ended up being. Okay. What we thought it um, was going to be? A classic match. We thought we were about to see something that we're like, I went, I was there when Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles fought at WrestleMania 34. That's what everybody was ready for. They were ready. Yes. They're like, I'm going to tell my kids when we're watching wrestling, like, I saw one of the greatest matches you've ever seen. Yeah. And as like, we talked about it all weekend. Like, do you think AJ can live up to the hype? And everybody was like, if anyone can live up to the hype of a match, it's AJ Styles. And if he can make anyone have a good match, him with Shinsuke Nakamura, another one of the best in the world, they can do it. Like, this, there's no going wrong. There's no way this is going to be bad. There's no way this is going to be a letdown. Then what happened, Derek? Well, this, this is what's interesting. I want to get into this, because we were just talking about this during the Daniel Bryan match. It felt like I, I, I haven't watched the show again. And so and because I haven't watched the show again, I haven't watched this match again. Was it that the match was bad? Or was it that it wasn't it was what we so expected. hyped? It was so hyped and it came at a point in the show where it was like people I don't know. I, I this is what I, you were you were there in the crowd. Was there a moment where it just felt like everyone went <sighs> Okay. It got quiet. It got really quiet in there. Um, well, what the fuck happened? <laughs> the, crowd was, the crowd was behind Nakamura. Uh, I mean, both of them got huge cheers, but, you know, Nakamura got that incredible entrance. He had this do, you think it, do you think it sucked the life out of the crowd because there was a portion of them that were still kind of quietly hoping that that match would close the show, and then once they realized it wasn't? That match like, not closing the show and then also being a letdown is what ended up ruining the show because that, because everybody, this was basically everyone in the crowd's theory. Everybody's like, no one wanted to blame AJ Styles or Nakamura for the way that match turned out. Everybody thought, and this was kind of the consensus of everybody around. They felt like they, everybody was like, AJ must've been told don't overshadow the main event. And that was the full on consensus is everybody is still, no one wants to blame those two. Everyone that I talk to, yeah, they're just like, it's impossible. He doesn't have bad matches. And like you said, I haven't rewatched it either. Maybe it's a good match. I just didn't get what I was expecting. But as this match starts, crowd is still behind Nakamura. Everybody loves AJ Styles, but they're like, this is Nakamura's night. He's got this. Right. Uh, you're hearing a lot of Nakamura chants. As the match starts going, it's off to a slow pace. And my thought as I'm watching is, 
holy shit, they're going to do a New Japan style match. We're going to do a slow build that's going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it just has this fucking blowout ending. So the whole time it's going, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it the time. I'm going to give it the time. This place is getting quiet, though. Holy shit, this place is silent. What are they doing? When's it going to happen? And then even like 10 minutes in or whatever, I don't know the length of the match, but I'm like, they got to pick this shit up. Like, when's yeah. it, it going to pick up? And then the match was over. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it ends with a Styles Clash. And I guess, and there was also, I think, the, the mentality for, at least, I can tell you what mine was, but I wasn't the only one who felt this way. Since they didn't give Nakamura the title over his feud with Jinder Mahal, it felt like it was now or never. And this is, keep in mind, this is before the surprise heel turn. When he beat him, there was a sense of, oh, fuck, another surprise, and really? And that's what the match, like, like, the air kind of got sucked out a little bit. And it came back during the heel turn, because everyone thought that part was pretty fucking awesome. But it wasn't the match that anyone expected. And if it's true, if it's true that Vince or somebody asked them not to overshadow the main event, we have a whole series of episodes where we need to talk about how fucking stupid that idea is where you're going to two of your best and saying, Hey, here's this project I've been working on for like seven years and it hasn't gone well. And I'm banking on it going well tonight. Finally, after all these years of working, can you guys, you know, just kind of stand down and let me try another time to get this, this, this Roman thing working because I know you guys are really fucking good and probably deserve that spot, but I'm not going to give you that spot and we're going to run with this thing one more time. It just how stupid is that? <laughs> I mean, and we don't know that that's what happened, but there is part of me that still feels like that's what happened because we were all just so confused. Like the the overall consensus with the crowd in that moment was what the fuck is happening? Like, what did we, what just happened? And even when Shinsuke turned, like people pop for a second, but then they're like, this was what we were building to. Like, what yeah. is this? Sorry. I can tell my voice is like cracking even more right now. No, um, it's fine. But yeah, it was, that's what set up. Like at that moment, it was that match that got everybody confused. And I feel like confusion was a big theme for everything following the rest of the night for the crowd that was in attendance. I think surprise and confusion was the theme for the entire night, whether it was good with good surprise and confusion or bad surprise and confusion. I think the only matches that played out basically the way we thought that they would were the uh, Nia Jax, uh, Alexa bliss match and the Ronda Rousey match. And, and only in the sense that the we knew who was going to win that match. Um, that to me, they, they weren't going to have Rousey lose. But the reaction to that match was so overwhelmingly positive that we didn't even expect that. But there was nothing else, you know, that didn't have some kind of surprise element to it. Um, and this, t this, was, this was a negative surprise and, and negative confusion. And this, I just it remember... Was a, it was a hard pill to swallow because everybody, like the second we realized we're getting AJ Nakamura... It made the Royal Rumble feel less special, like well, what we ended up with. But, you know, we had that months, a couple months build where everybody is just building this match in their head of what kind of classic they're about to see. And I just, I don't see AJ Styles as the kind of guy who chokes under pressure. 
Well, and here's the other thing. Both Royal Rumble winners ended up losing last night. And that was another thing, though. The crowd was said, okay, Asuka lost. That means Shensuke's doing it tonight. Or, you know, both Royal Rumble winners aren't going to win. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, like, so that, that was kind of the consensus. And I don't know, that moves us on to the next match, which was the bar Braun Strowman. Yeah, more fucking confusion. More confusion, because, um, like, he's going to pick his person. Okay, so Braun doesn't have a partner. Uh, the bar's there. Braun has to pick his partner. He says he's going to pick somebody in the crowd. And everybody's like, oh, shit, who's going to be in the crowd? Like, he's walking all over the place. Yeah. We're, we're like, all right, somebody's in the crowd. Like, you know, we're expecting a big person to, you know, be sitting somewhere. Or, or at least that's kind of like what it seemed like everybody was looking for. And when he picked the kid, we thought it was funny. Everybody laughed at that. Everybody thought it was funny. And what I, what I wanted out of this match, Braun Strowman alone, beating the shit out of two guys, looking like the biggest badass on the planet, leaves that place with two belts. Correct. What we got was five-minute comedy match. Right. Did, I mean, it just it felt like once the match started, there was a couple comedy spots, a power slam, and that thing was over. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like th- this is kind of typical, like uh, a criticism of WWE over the years, which is that when you want a thing, they'll give it to you, but they give it to you with some, with some, with some fine print, with some catches. And you and I had talked about the most badass thing he could do is say, fuck it. I'm going to wrestle this match by myself, no matter what they say. That's essentially what happened, but they had to add this like goofy element to it where, since he was required to have a partner, he picked a partner that didn't have to contribute shit, and it was supposed to be cute. Oh, and but... don't get me wrong. Nicholas was over. I don't know if we said it. He picked a child out of the crowd. Little Nicholas, yeah. adorable as hell. Nicholas was over. Had to have felt cool as shit for that kid to get a Nicholas chant <laughs> going in that place. And that was not the last Nicholas chant we heard that night. Uh, Nicholas was more over than the main event, and I promise you that. <laughs> But did you feel like even with all that going on, you felt like you were robbed of a moment? Well, I felt like I've watched this last year. I watched Braun Strowman flip over a semi. I watched him kill Roman Reigns. I watched him have matches with Brock Lesnar where he stood toe to toe. I watched him destroy anyone that got in his path. And then I watched him have a comedy match with Sheamus and Cesaro. Two guys who also didn't deserve that. Like they deserve to like, you know, put up a fight, but like, you know, still they can't beat Braun Strowman together. Like, I think there was a way to even make them look good. And I think it turned out where Braun Strowman, like, looked cute. Yeah. It wasn't, like, very I, bad. Like, I wanted him to just be that bad, like, that ass kicker that we wanted. And we got, like, a cute match. He still got both of those titles. So, so, but, so as, a deeper, as a deeper philosophical WWE question, <laughs> and then we'll turn to the, our attention to the main event, which is uh, the big thing we have to talk about. Do you think it just comes down to Vince having a really skewed idea of what a babyface is? Because Braun Strowman got over and became a babyface because he was destroying certain guys, because he was flipping shit over. And then it, when he was like, okay, I guess they, they want him to be a babyface. Here's what babyfaces do. They pick kids out of the crowd to be their tag team partners. 
not knowing that maybe we don't want to see the cute side of Braun Strowman. That's not what makes him a good guy. It goes back to what made Stone Cold Steve Austin a badass. His more heelish, dickish tendencies is what people gravitated towards. And I, I, I don't know if I like seeing Braun be nice. Well, didn't they hint at that a little bit when he came out as Brain Strowman that time? But the thing is, he made a joke, but then he beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, but even, even even going back to the, the, the epic moment with him and the upright base and him breaking the upright base for Elias, it was comedic. But this maybe they've been segueing into this for a while. I just don't know if I necessarily like it. Like, I it like is, him a being a monster. thing where it's like they're listening to us and they're giving us part of what we want. Like you just said. Like, everything, you get what you want, but it comes with a catch. Yeah. That, and that's, that's, been a, that's been an issue for a long time. And like you said, you take this moment, you take the Cena Undertaker moment, you take Rusev not winning the belt, you take how they built the beginning of the Daniel Bryan match and all this other stuff going on, and then boom, it's main event time, man. You were in, on ground zero. Tell me what the fuck happened, what you saw, where are we at now? It's hard to even say where this match broke down. Uh, the video package, like, you know, they play everything. Roman Reigns comes out. Uh, from the last, f- this is my fourth WrestleMania in a row. I have, the only four WrestleManias I have been to, I have seen Roman Reigns headline every single one. This, right. t- this time was the least amount of boos I've heard Roman Reigns get. He got booed, but it wasn't as big. Like, 32, 31 and 32 were huge boos. He got booed last year because he's fighting The Undertaker. But it didn't seem as... Like, this year, there was just, you know... Like, I it heard... Was about, the most accepting the crowd's ever been of him in this spot. Like, if anything, I feel like the crowd was ready to, like, you know, be pissed off at Lesnar and be like, we know Roman Reigns is going to win. We're just going to let it happen and see where this goes from here. I feel like that's what the crowd was ready for. And, you know, he got met with kind of indifference. Brock comes out, boos and cheers. He kind of was, he was actually a little split with what was happening, uh, which surprised me. I think there were a lot of casual viewers or people who don't watch at all in this crowd. Uh, They get in the ring and just the second the match started, the crowd didn't give a shit. I think what happened is, the crowd was still confused from AJ Styles. The crowd didn't really get anything super special out of the Braun Strowman match, which right now, if uh, Rusev isn't the most over guy in the company, Braun Strowman is. Yeah. He's a top guy. And we just got a goofy five-minute match, which everybody enjoyed and was cute, but we didn't get it to see him beat ass <laughs> like we wanted to. And now we've got these two guys, and we know what's going to happen. So the crowd immediately, it was almost immediate. The beach ball came out, man. It was like, just from the perception, is it fair to say that they just, like I said earlier, they immediately remembered why they were pissed off about this idea in the first place after being like, after forgetting about it for a few weeks with Roman destroying or Brock destroying Roman on raw. It was like, they were immediately taken back to like that second after he won the elimination chamber match. Oh yeah. It was just like, Everybody immediately, immediately was taken back to, you know, if we got that Styles-Nakamura match that everybody was expecting, 
I yeah. think this would not have happened to Roman Reigns or, you know, to the match because the, the, it's so confusing. I don't even know where to start with this. Do I start with the crowd or do I, do we break down what actually happened in the match? I think it was insulting on multiple fronts because it like if people, there, there's a certain demographic that when they, when they, when they talk about breaking down wrestling matches or how you break down a wrestling show, there's certain people whose mentality is, Oh, they swerved you. They swerved you. You were expecting one thing and they gave you something different. Therefore inherently, isn't that cool? Isn't that great? And so I think a lot of people like the finish, not expecting Lesnar to win are they're clinging to that and saying, Bob, ba, 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 but you thought that Roman was going to win. They got you. And I think ultimately it didn't fucking matter at that point because they had had so many people, I think Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, um, among others, go down to one F5. And then Reigns ends up taking what? Five, six? He took six, However, I believe. One of them threw a table. Yeah. And, and it was like, but go what ahead. happened is Roman is getting no offense in this. He is basically getting ragdolled around. Uh, at one point, Lesnar tried to suplex him, fell down, sent him face first into the announce table. Yeah. Um, the match was looking sloppy. It looked like Reigns was getting his ass kicked. And there's a certain point when I started thinking, you know, Reigns isn't necessarily for us, but we are adults, and this is still a kid's show at heart. Uh, Roman Reigns is intended to be a new generation's Hulk Hogan, right? Like, he's supposed to be the guy that the kids are like, this guy's cool. This guy's a badass. This is who I want my action figure of. I want to dress as him for Halloween. This would be like if you and I as kids, like, we're watching Hulkamania, we're going wild, and then Mike Tyson came out and just beat him to a fucking bloody pulp. Where what, the way the match felt was, it felt like I watched a UFC fighter beat up an actor. Yeah. And everybody kind of had a vibe of, like, this match went rogue. Like, Lesnar just went into business for himself. And we see today, like, right before, you know, maybe an hour before we started recording this, that Lesnar re-signed. But all anyone was saying is, there's no way he, any of that was supposed to be planned. Like, Roman Reigns did not look cool. Uh, he took, like, a bunch of F5s. He kept kicking out of it. We don't know why. Like, no one looked cool in this match other than Lesnar punched him in the face until he was covered in blood. He was spurting everywhere. He couldn't even see. It was in his eyes. He looked concussed. Uh, he just kept taking it, tried to do something, and then it looked like Lesnar folded him up like he had no choice. WrestleMania typically ends, regardless of who wins, with a champion holding a belt. The second that match was over, Lesnar grabbed that belt, got out, went up the stage. Nothing happened. For us in the crowd, it was so confusing. The crowd, like, we were looking around like, what, the, what happened? It was over. There was no announcement. No one talked to us like, thanks for coming to WrestleMania, people. Uh, the screens went off. Like, normally we could look up and see what was going on, but it was just the WrestleMania logo for us. So we're like, did this just go off the air? What happened? There was no fireworks. There was no finale. He's gone. And then, so the, the venue empties. I stayed the whole time, by the way. Uh, I sat in my seat to let the place clear, and we were just kind of sitting there confused again. Like, confusion is the theme of this, this pay-per-view. 
Sure. And then 10 minutes, or, I mean, it felt like 10 minutes, but the place is basically cleared out. Then Roman Reigns' music hits. And everybody's looking around like, wait, what? Is the show not over? What the fuck is happening? He walks up the ramp looking sad, like he just got his ass kicked in front of his family, which he did. Goes yeah. up the ramp, disappears in the back, and a shit ton of fireworks go off to an empty stadium. And when I went home and rewatched it, I was like, what did this look like? They shot this from the front row, so you can't tell the stadium's empty. And it, when we watched that when we got home, uh, my buddy Jared and I were looking at each other and we're like, there's no way. He had to have gone into business for himself. The finish changed. The production was confused. They didn't know what to do. Because you guys got to see that video package that recapped the entire night. We didn't yeah. see that. We had no idea. We thought the show was over. There was but, no you know, there, there have been rumors all day going back from that, you know, there was a heated exchange between Lesnar and Vince. As soon as he got back through the curtain, the universal title got thrown. They don't know what it's over. Um, I had read, you know, a couple hours ago before we started recording this podcast that, you know, I've heard things about Lesnar going into business for himself. I read my theory, which was that they called an audible from the back that Reigns was originally supposed to win. And that Vince called an audible and switched the finish to Brock winning because Reigns wasn't getting the response and the match wasn't getting the response that he wanted it to get. Oh, he could not have. I, you couldn't hear the chants on TV. They did a good job of hiding those, I feel like, because that place was fucking loud. I mean, at one, oh, I, at one point, I counted six beach balls. The crowd wasn't even paying attention to the match anymore. They were just trying to figure out what shit they could chant. There was a moment where the entire stadium in unison was chanting Johnny Wrestling. And I was thinking to myself, for the love of God, why? He's going to get buried. Don't, don't turn, don't turn like Vince, Vince is going to punish Johnny. him for being over. Yeah, yeah, don't punish Johnny Wrestling for getting cheered during a shit main event. Yeah. Um, CM Punk chants. This is boring chants. Funniest chants. Nicholas chants. Yeah. Uh, this is awful. Uh, I mean, they ran down everything. They started the wave. People were getting arrested in the crowd. Um, that's real, by the way. Multiple okay. times, I saw cops have to go down and escort people out. There was one guy, I guess, during the AJ Styles match that was just saying such mean shit about Nakamura. The whole crowd faced him and started doing the delete chant. Cops came and took him away. So if you don't like somebody in a crowd, hit him with that delete, man. It turns out there's a, it does do something. It does delete them. In fact. Yeah, they deleted people from the crowd, uh, <laughs> which I thought was kind of awesome. The crowd was deleting the match at one point. Um, it was just, it was a fucking mess. Like, we were sitting there watching a show crumble. And there was a moment, too, where I was like, is how shitty this reception being? Is this why Brock Lesnar's punishing Roman Reigns? It's totally possible. I would like to pat myself on the back for a second and say that in our last episode, I called this um, and said that this match could get really, really fucking ugly. And it did. Um, I mean, it turned, like like you said, the Goldberg-Lesnar thing, it turned back into that. To me, maybe eventually, maybe within the next couple hours, maybe in a day or two, maybe in a year or two, who knows? Maybe the story about what happened last night will finally come out. If we're putting together a bullshit theory right now, just based on little tidbits of information, 
It would make total sense to me that Roman Reigns was supposed to go over last night, that the crowd didn't give a fuck, that Vince had pushed, pushed all his chips into the middle table asking AJ Styles and Nakamura to stand down and not steal the show, which they probably could have. And we know they could have, right? It had to have. Well, okay. but, but I brought this, again, another thing I brought up last episode, how many great matches has Nakamura had since he's come to the main roster? And we talked about that a lot last night, too, where we're like, he, we've seen him have great matches elsewhere, but Correct. we haven't here. He hasn't clicked in the WWE. Like, his style, him, like, toning down his strong style and then still referring to it as strong style... It you can call it strong style as much as you want. He's not doing that. Yes, like he, so. I mean, he isn't me, translating. That's why I think we're like he's. We're gonna get a real strong style match tonight, and we didn't get that. We got a regular ass WWE version of Nakamura match. So while I want to maybe run with this theory that maybe they asked him to tone it down, I do have to keep in. I have to keep it in the back of my mind that maybe it just fell short of expectations for legit reasons. Um, and I and will rewatch it. I'll rewatch it before we do the Thursday show. Um, okay. Just to see, you know, compare and see, like, if, we, if I watch it with a different expectation now, would it have been a good match without expecting the greatest match any of us had ever seen at WrestleMania? So imagine you're Vince, and we, we continue down this road of thinking, and you ask Styles and Nakamura to tone it down, and you go all in, and you make Lesnar Reigns the the show that the match that's going to close the show, and then this is the reception that you get. Now I don't know if he understands what all the other things that happened on the show contributed to the crowd turning. He like he may be completely blind to that, which is mind boggling if he is. But if he calls the audible from the back, that explains why there were fireworks that went off, but with no champion. It would explain why Lesnar is pissed off when he comes back through the curtain. If he was supposed to drop the belt and get the fuck out of there and be done with WWE. And Vince said, nope, I need you for one more thing. Um, it explains a lot of different shit. And I, again, I don't understand why anybody back there would be surprised by what happened. You and I were talking about this just the other day. To me, this had a chance to get fucking ugly and it didn't even, this had a chance to get fucking ugly regardless of what happened with the rest of the card and things not delivering. But especially when we're not getting what we thought out of the rest of the card. It just, it, I think everybody in the crowd felt like they got punished for paying money. I think everyone in the card felt, or everyone in the audience felt like they got punished for wanting other things. That's what it was. And the thing is, it was everybody in the crowd, and I think most people at home all wanted the same thing and what they delivered us was a very, very confusing WrestleMania. And I think overall the bummer about this is a lot, like we said, a lot good happened, but the bad part is the worst three things happened all right at the end. And people are going to remember that is that weird WrestleMania when really we should be looking back and being like, that was the fucking night of the women. Charlotte ruled. Ronda Rousey proved she's a fucking wrestling superstar in one match. We'll see where it goes from there. But in one match, we watched her fight Triple H, and everybody lost their mind. I think any, yeah, anyone had to be losing their mind for that. And it was, 
would you? I mean, would you say it was a bad show, or would you just be like, I guess everything evened out to where it was an okay WrestleMania? I think just based on what we got, it was okay. But but you also have to factor in expectations and what the card was. Like, there's certain things that like when you fuck them up a little bit, you can say, yeah, well, I only fucked up a little bit. But if it was really easy to deliver on, it comes across as way worse. And that's what I can say about last night's show. It may not have been a bad WrestleMania, but maybe history will be more kind to the last what happened last night. But in the moment, as I had, because you just brought it up, like some of the things that happened towards the end of that show are probably what's going to end up defining it. And it goes back to like a, a something I said in one of our earlier podcast episodes. If you can't stick the landing, if you don't get the finish right, it's almost like everything else that you tried to do, it almost doesn't matter. And this is why picking the right main event and understanding what the crowd wants, that's so important. And I don't understand what the disconnect is. And it was one of the few times, and, I, and you're going uh, gonna to hear me say this one time and probably never again. I have been done with CM Punk chants for so long now. They are annoying. I was happy as fuck when they got squashed in December at SmackDown in Chicago. Um, th- last night was one of the last times I can ever imagine hearing a CM Punk chant and thinking, yeah, this is kind of appropriate. It, this, I think everybody th- agreed. I did see a couple people like giving middle fingers like because the CM Punk chant was happening. But it really was the first time that I'm like, yeah, you just fucked 80,000 people in one room, and this is the chant to let you know that. Right. And Because I think that's what that chant has kind of tried to represent, which is that Punk left because he felt they were handling so much shit wrong, including him not getting a spot at the main event at WrestleMania that he thought he deserved, and them fucking up Daniel Bryan almost fucking up Daniel Bryan's spot in the main event at WrestleMania. And this was just, like I said, one of those rare circumstances where I got it. It felt like it was a very specific, like, yeah, this is exactly what we were talking about. Here's the CM Punk chant. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was everybody saying, yeah, we, we quit this a while ago, but we know this is going to hurt you a little bit to hear this on the show. Here you go. One more time. Here's a middle finger for you. Uh, (laughs) But you know, I walked away from this show thinking, I'm going to get to see Ronda Rousey a lot more now. I'm going to get to see Daniel Bryan more now. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's going to happen. I'm very curious to see what Raw's like tonight. Um, I mean, overall, I had a fun time. I think everybody in the stadium had a fun time. I think everybody got exhausted. The finish could have been substantially better, but we got a good weekend of wrestling. You had, it sounds like you had quite the weekend and, um, just, just a little preview of what we're going to talk about next week. I did this for you. I kept saying I did this so you don't have to, you better fucking thank me, my (laughs) friends. Well, if, if, if you would like a live update on raw right now, Ember moon just made her debut on raw. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love so, it. Love it. She's that, gonna... So no matter, no matter what we talk about here on this podcast, as we have always talked about in the past, the, sh- the show goes on. There's stuff going on right now. We'll see where this goes. The card always subject to change, and things are always getting updated. It's a never-ending storyline here. So, But uh, that was yeah. Oh, WrestleMania 34. Yeah, that was Mania 34. Uh, 
Thank you for listening, everybody. Tune in on Thursday. Thursday, we're going to have another show. This is uh, for anyone that's listening. Uh, we usually goof around a lot more, but after a pay-per-view, we like to discuss our immediate reactions to a pay-per-view. It's usually we record it that night immediately after. I was at this one, made it a little harder. Uh, but I did a lot of shit down in New Orleans this weekend. I went to the WrestleCon Super Show. We had a, a video get, I think it right now we're about 38,000 views. <laughs> Thank you, Joey Ryan. Helped us out a lot on that one. We'll talk more about that. On Thursday or on Friday, I watched wrestling in a building from noon to noon on a Friday to 3.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I this did, is going to be good stuff. I did it as a marathon <laughs> just to see what my body was like. How do I feel as the day goes on? Uh, dude, it was a trip. Uh, after, I, I mean, I saw progress. I saw Evolve. I saw the WWN Super Show. I went to Joey Janela's Spring Break too. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. You have some stories. I have some stories. The next day I was at... A progress show again. I can't get enough progress. Progress might be one of my new favorite promotions. UK fans, I want to come. Uh, I, progress fans in the UK, I want to go and watch a progress show with you. Holy shit. Progress rules. Uh, went to the we R- might have some new listeners um, because of all the things that you saw. And all like you got some retweets from Joey Ryan over the weekend. Got uh, Kenny King showed us some love on, on a post. Got a, got a few thousand views on that. Uh, yeah, because I went to the ROH Super Show. Holy shit, one of the best ROH pay-per-views I've ever seen. Uh, best ladder match I've ever seen live. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, there was just a lot of wrestling, hung out. Maybe ate lunch with one of the Rock and Roll Express. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe you'll hear about that. <laughs> uh, um, maybe you have a picture to prove it. Uh, let's, but yeah, you know what? Tune in on Thursday to hear some fun stories. There was some wacky shit down at WrestleMania. New Orleans, it's a crazy town. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back to you on Thursday with a new episode. I love you. Check us out on uh, what are, where, where all of our social medias, Derek. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at Wrestle Hangout, on Twitter at Wrestle Hangout. Uh, I believe we're Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. Yes, um, I didn't have a lot of Instagram time. I got a shitload of stuff to post on there this week, though, so I'm going to be just you know posting things that I just didn't have time for. Um, maybe I'll be posting. Th- I broke a shower at an Airbnb this weekend, man. I'll tell you about it. Let's talk on Thursday. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get out of here. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs>